you listen to Irish Radio Canada and if you manage to make it across the ocean and visit Dublin you should definitely drop into the little museum of Dublin on St Stephen's Green and we're going to get a little overview of what's here and what you can expect to find on the treasures of Dublin history and I have Helena Emerson here with me and Helena is going to tell us what you'll find, give us a, a, an audio perspective but you're going to have to come and see the video yourself and walk in the door. Helena, welcome and thanks a million. Thank you very much. So, we're in there. When people arrive in, first of all, Stephen's Green, it's all under construction. Don't let that bother you. Come in the door, you're going to be greeted and welcomed. Yes, and you have a beautiful view from this room as well. You can see right over to Stephen's Green. So, we're upstairs. Yeah. And this is where, when people arrive, this is where it starts out. This is where the tour starts. So, what's the Little Museum of Dublin all about, first of all? Well, it's all about the history of Dublin City from the year 1900 until today. Right. So it's roughly a hundred years of the history of Dublin. Okay, and we're in a room that starts off at the... We 19- start in the 1900s and we start here with this photograph of Queen Victoria. Queen okay. Victoria comes to visit Ireland in 1900. Okay. And um, she comes to a place called Kingstown, which is now called Dunleary, Dunleary. on the yeah. south side. Right. And you can see all her fans in the background. You can see Dunleary Pier and uh, there she is in her little chariot. Okay. So we learn in the local newspaper called the Freeman's Journal that a fake castle gates was built over on Leeson Street Bridge just for the Queen. Um, just so the Queen could have the experience of going through her castle gate into her city. Okay. Yes. Now when you say at that on Leeson Street, so the perspective would have been that in a way the, the boundaries of the city near the That's outside right. of that Leeson yeah, Street. Yeah, they only wanted Queen Victoria to see the best parts of Dublin City. Okay. Okay. So they would have left places like Henrietta Street out. <laughs> <laughs> and Flambrasse Street. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we yeah. And up around the Liberties. Yes, exactly. So our next item now, we have the, one of the first English editions of James Joyce's masterpiece. Okay. And it's, of course, Ulysses. And we uh, have a very there. strong Joyce Society in Ottawa. Oh, and um, they meet regularly and do readings. And a very good friend of mine has a CD out, uh, Joyce Music, oh, right. uh, John Feely on guitar. Lovely. Um, so he has taken some of the music that appears in Joyce's writings and uh, nice. with a tenor. So like yeah, Sally Gardens yeah. and some of those things. And normally I'd ask, I'd have about 40 people and I'd ask them all, hands up who's read Ulysses, you know. And very few hands go up. All right, who's, who's, who's looked inside the cover? I can put my hand up on that one. <laughs> and then I ask who's at the first page, yeah. and a few hands go up. Okay. Yeah. So we leave our copy open on the last page. Right. So everybody can read this now and say they finished reading Ulysses. Isn't that great? That's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> and this is a facsimile of James Joyce's death mask, so it's good. Okay. It gives people um, the idea of what he ex- looked like exactly. Okay. This is exactly what James Joyce looked like. This was him on his deathbed. You can even see his eye there. He had a problem with his left eye. Yeah. You can see the way it's sunken in more than the other eye there. Right. You know, we have a few letters from him to Lady Gregory. Yeah. As well. Um, obviously trying to drum up funds. Yeah. Some sort. Yeah. And then um, I talk so about... So again, if we put this in context, we started over there in yeah. 1900. Now we're and coming now we're around here. And now we're coming in 1910, 1920. So we've moved on about over. 10 years. Yeah. So then we go back then to 1911 with Henrietta Street. Right. And that photograph there. That photograph was taken in 1911. Um, back then we had the highest infant mortality rate in Europe. And we're looking at a picture that's over the beautiful fireplace. Yes, it's that, original by the way. Yes. It's all original. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, that uh, look, looks like a picture of what were Dublin school kids back in the day. That's right. So there yeah. um, on Henrietta Street, 
these houses were called tenements yeah. and they were very very overcrowded you can even see in the photograph they're crowding in to the photograph Yes. so there were 15 houses on Henrietta Street and um, can you guess how many people lived in 15 houses well the first question I'd have how many apartments were in each house and then I'd say I'd multiply that but I think in those houses and my knowledge of Henrietta Street there were probably who I would say you could have had a hundred per house nearly yeah 835 people wow. lived in yeah. Henrietta Street in one house alone there was 104 people yeah. and within that house there were 17 families right. so these were very crowded and this was all outside plumbing Yes, they probably they one or two toilets outside at the back shared. of the house that were shared, not yeah. just for the houses, but also for the general public walking by, they would share these, these toilets yeah. And of course well. water, I think, probably was being drawn from a, a trough uh, Yes, at the yeah. front, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they were very, like, heating would have been minimal as well. Yeah. And they would have had a very low mortality rate, as I said before. Now, Henrietta Street is still there today. Right. And pretty much a lot of it looks pretty much the same as it did back then. So now also at that time, street. you know, the, while up around in the Henrietta Street area, um, that's over near Smithfield as far as I recall. Uh, well it would be, yes it would be, but it's more near North Frederick Street. Yeah. So that's um, kind of uh, Dorset Street, North Frederick Street, up that yeah. way a bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's lovely actually. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but they're opening up a tenement museum there this year. So, alright, okay, there? okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so then we're coming into the 1910-1920 period, a very yes. Yeah, so we talk about the, in, that's in right. Yes. So we talk about the 1916 rising. Now last year was the uh, centenary, the hundredth anniversary of the 1916 rising. We had lots of events all over the city and the country, and so we talk about the 1916 rising led by Portrick Pierce over there. We have a relief of him there, yeah. and James Connolly over there. We've got right. a woodcut of James Connolly too. Right. The rising lasts for a week. Over 500 people are killed. Many of these people are civilians. Caught in the crossfire, many people weren't even aware that there was a rising happening. And 40 children were killed as well. Yeah. So, um, I'm seeing a bust over there of Jonathan Swift. That's right. What time period are we looking at there? Because he, okay, he would have been in the... He would have been early. It was, it was long. Sure. I think it was before, was it, even might have yeah. been. So, and then there's some interesting items on, on the mantle. There is, yeah. So there's um, a bottle of Smithics. There, there is, and there's a bottle of Blue Nun, and there's a bus conductor's ticket machine. I remember that. Do you remember? I so do I. <laughs> do you remember that? Remember and that in the 46 a, Yeah, and the special dolphin's barn brick is yeah. over there too. Yeah. And a box of cream crackers, Jacob's, Jacob's cream, cream crackers, crackers which we still right. have today, and a jar of pseudo cream, which right. was invented in Dublin. That's why that's there. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was invented by a Dublin pharmacist. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it was. And what else have And then I have a story about Stephen Screen during the Rising. Okay. Uh, now a very strange thing happened to Stephen Screen. Uh, Michael Mallon and Countess Markievicz had the actual, the whole garrison across the road there. And um, there was equal rights for men and women by the way, I tell people that too. Michael Mallon was executed after the Rising. But there's a strange story over there. Um, the rebels, the fighting stopped every day for an hour. And I often ask people, can anybody guess why? And people always go, Guinness, <laughs> Mass, all that. So it's actually ducks. Yes, I remember this is that. absolutely I, true. I remember seeing that last year sometime. Yeah, so that that the, the, the ducks were being fed. the ducks, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The park keeper's name was Frank Carney, and he kept prize-winning ducks. Mm. And he persuaded both sides to stop firing while he left his house in the green, which is still there, right. went over to that lake over there, fed his ducks, mm. and came back, and they resumed firing. 
Isn't that amazing? Amazing, amazing. Yeah, amazing. and he got a medal afterwards from the RSPCA for the protection of ducks. <laughs> um, so, moving on then chronologically, where would we be heading to? So we're to? at the, um, the proclamation. Yeah. Now, if you look carefully at the proclamation, written by um, Patrick Pierce, James Connolly, Thomas MacDonald. Okay, we go now. Just one more. We'll just talk about this and then we'll move into the other room if we have time. So this is the proclamation here, uh, written by um, Patrick Pierce, James Connolly, Thomas MacDonald, amongst others. This is a manifesto, if you will, to a free Ireland. It talks about equal rights for men, women and children. And this was printed down in Liberty Hall and it was printed in a hurry. In fact, when the second half of this was still in the printing press, the building was surrounded by the army. So they were under lots of pressure to get this printed off. Um, So there's a couple of mistakes in the document because of this. Now these mistakes, they're in every copy of the proclamation. So there's 23 mistakes to do with the letter E. They had to improvise the letter E a lot of times. Um, anyway, my favourite mistake is in the very last paragraph, there's an upside down E. There you go. And you can have a look for that okay. later on if you like. But, but so then the other kind of things people are seeing, I see an old cash register. That's and right. I'm sure that's in pound shillings and pence. That's in pound shillings and pence, and that's and from the old And then I shop. noticed a, a picture of John McCormick over there. That's right, and he was a very, very good singer. And then there's a manuscript here in the. That, yeah, that's for a travelling priest. Okay. The way it's in a box. And the print is quite large. Yes. So I've been told it was for a priest with bad eyesight. Okay. And there's a, a ship underneath. There is a ship a underneath. Tall ship. There is, yeah. Yeah. And, and then there's Harry Clark there. And, top. We, and then we, yeah, and we also have uh, Nelson. Nelson's pillar, erected in honour of Lord Nelson or Admiral Horatio Nelson. Indeed. And that's Forty metres high. Yeah. Uh, you could pay sixpence to go right up inside. It's 169 steps to the very top. Have a beautiful view of the city. So what, what we're seeing here, in a way, is, I won't say it's nostalgia, it's definitely history in every it's respect. It's history, but it's, um, it's, pe- it's a people's history. Yes. Because everything in this museum belonged to people. Yes. At one stage. Yes. Um, and a singer sewing machine, or a sewing machine. Yeah. It may not be a singer. Mm. It is a singer. It is a singer, it yeah. It is a singer with yeah. the pedal. And many people's grandparents, great-grandparents would have had singer uh, sewing machines. Parents. Yeah, a parent, <laughs> grandparents, <laughs> depending what generation you're from. And ourselves. Still in there. We've arrived in room number two, and we've moved forward in time. So we're bringing it up into the 90s, and from so what we're surrounded by again are, and I have to say I'm surrounded by memories, because of course I spent from 1972 to 79 living in Dublin, and I recognise an awful lot of the things around me. So we have picture galleries with what are sporting figures, yes, political figures, yeah, uh, artistic figures. So we start figures. off in the 30s, so we go in decades, right? So 30, 40, 50, 60, all around they around to 2000s. And the 1930s, you've got the Eucharistic Congress. Yeah. Eamon de Valera set that up. Yeah. Then he's still in charge for World War II. Yeah. World War II comes along. Ireland is neutral during World War II. But even though we're neutral, we have ration books. Yes. See the ration book there? Yep. There's some of the foodstuffs that were rationed as well. You have your alpha rolled oats, your, you know, corn and the flour. Reason, the reason stuff was rationed, of course, was because a lot of what would have been our food was being exported. Yes, exactly. To, to assist the war Our effort. economy was pretty much still aligned to the English economy at yeah. the time. 
Um, gas masks were issued. The thing about the gas mask at the front of it, there was a disc of asbestos. They used it as a fire retardant. Yes. Now, even though our, even though we were neutral, we were still bombed in a place called North Strand. Yes. There's a photograph of some of the no. damage that was done there. Of course, this was what was known as the emergency. That's right. We didn't yeah. call it the war. No, we it called it the emergency. emergency. Because we weren't in it. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we call it the emergency. So there's a photograph of some of the damage in East Wall as well. Right. Now they thought it was a radar glitch. People thought, we're, we're neutral, why would they bomb us? Yeah. Um, it could have been a radar glitch, they could have been going for Belfast or Liverpool. Other people think it might have been a warning because we sent fire brigades from Dublin up to Belfast okay. Okay. to help put out their fires. Okay. So, you know. Right, right. Yeah. And so um, here we are in the 50s. We've got a poster from the Abbey Theatre there. You see that there? I see that was uh, Siobhan McKenna. Yeah. Uh, at the gate from yeah, St. John's. And then down in the Abbey, the Righteous are Bold. Bold, yeah. Longest uh, running play in the history of the Abbey Theatre. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, of course, the trams were running then. Yeah. And then the trams stopped and the tracks were taken up and now they're being put back down. I mean, isn't that amazing? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, when, you, come, when you do come to Dublin, you're going to find there's a little bit of construction going on. Yeah. The construction yes. season is And they running. keep saying it's nearly finished. Nearly, nearly finished. finished. And it's not a bit. That's, and Derby O'Gill and the Little People. That's right. That's in a, a famous uh, movie. Yeah. Many, many people have seen that international. Yeah. Sean Connery's in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that I, amazing? I, I, Jimmy O'Dee. I have to admit, I saw it too in, in an Irish cinema <laughs> when it came out early on. Way, way, good. And way did you enjoy it? I did actually. Yeah, Very because good. Because at that time, you know, it was the the uh, what do they refer to it as now? Um, the the technical ability that where they had the little people and how that that kind of special Heavy. effects. That's it. The special yeah. effects. Yeah. Where you know when you're young and you can't get through, you don't think you just see. You're this not stuff. thinking how are they doing it? You're no, thinking, oh my gosh, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was fabulous. It's it was great. Fabulous. Yeah. And then you could ride an elephant in the zoo. There's a photograph of the elephant oh, yeah. in the zoo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember those phones with the two penny coins and the That's right. penny coin, the five penny coin, and the dial. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And you got your money back. You got. If you if you couldn't get through. If you couldn't get you through. You got your money back. That's right. So again, all what is nostalgia. This is definitely for. See, um, it's history. And I suppose there's two sides to this. For anybody who has ever lived in Dublin it will conjure up a whole sense of feeling. That's it. Whereas for someone who has never lived in Dublin, who may be and the, the child, grandchild or whatever of an immigrant, yes. that what they're seeing in a way is how Ireland was, the Ireland that their forefathers may have come from, and how it has evolved. That's it. They're getting social, civic, political history. Right. All wrapped right. into one. Yeah. And if you're from Dublin and you're of a certain ilk, you'll remember a lot of the things in here as well. Yes. Yeah. Like you remember Wanderley Wagon, oh, won't yeah, you? The, the That's the original model that they used in the flying That's scenes right. for that Wanderley the, Wagon. That, that was with Eugene Lambert. That's right, Eugene Lambert. And that's the original. Yes, it that's the original. When it was flying. <laughs> People look at me and going, "Really? Is that the original?" Yeah, that's it. It wasn't yeah. a real wagon at the time that's for the right. for the opening credits. Yeah. And there's a picture of Nelson's pillar. Before. Before it was blown up by. And it, it's, yeah. it's got morphed into a needle. That's it. it got yes, yes, the the um, monument of light. And I see George Colley, Sean Lamas, and someone with their back to us. There they are. There, yeah. Uh, and there's Mike Murphy up there. No, I'm looking here at uh, the Liffey. Before there was a bridge down, yeah. and that would have been the down at the custom house. That's right. And another bridge that's gone back. I didn't. I can't ever remember when there was no bridge. Yeah. 
we're, so, so the tour so, coming in here. Yeah, so we're going to keep moving and get out of here. Okay. And I see many of the artistic. Brendan Grace was still on the go. That's right. Brendan Grace was up here. Above him. And do you remember Free and Nipper? It's Free and Nipper. Um, program? No, that's like that. You used to get a free nipper with every ten year old or ten pounds of petrol that you okay. bought. All right. So that's his own personal nipper. He brought that in. Okay. Um, what else? We've got Sam Beckett there right. and Sam Beckett's house in right. Fox Rock. Yeah. And then we have um, Hawhey. We and have pictures of our first Irish president, Mary female Robinson. Irish president, Mary Robinson. Yeah. Uh, Gay Burns, honorary certificate on freedom of the city that's right. so lots of things that people can connect with yes exactly yeah indeed indeed exactly. i've seen bobby Malloy down the front of that the sunday business post looks like him uh, over there oh yeah um michael flatley michael flatley now he was outside the museum one day we had a chat with michael flatley he's lovely yes yeah he's very nice gabriel Byrne, Sinead o'connor yeah um that's the dice man do you remember the dice man no. He used to walk around Dublin and he'd sometimes he'd dress up, but yeah, he's the Mona Lisa there. Okay. Yeah. Right. But he started off advertising for, for, for a shop okay. called the Dice Man. So we better move out of this room and let the next group okay. through. Okay. <laughs> so what? Give an air, air So you put your left foot there. I'll just go a little bit of it. Left foot there, left yeah. hand here, and you just grab this. Do you want me to do a little do bit? A little, just, just once or twice. Right. And it gets a lot louder. Like if, the, if I twist it, see that gets louder. Well, so that was the air raid sound. That, no, That's the air raid. When that went off, where were people supposed to go? The only thing I've heard of is um, there were bunkers underneath Kevin Street flats. They're the only ones I know about. Okay. Right. But otherwise, I don't know where people went. Well, well, I was neutral, right? Yeah, but I, I know. We were neutral, yeah. 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 So do we go upstairs or not? Yeah, do you want to go upstairs? Yeah. There's another floor upstairs. We'll have a look at. Yeah, absolutely. We're coming up the stairs looking at some of the pictures on the wall and I see tenements there that lots of what are typical Dublin scenes from the time. Really helps. <laughs> so the school is in here. So do you want to come in here and we talk so with you too? So when you talk about the school, you have a school in there at the moment. Yeah, They're getting we have matured. a school. So you fulfil an education purpose as well? We do. We educate children of all ages. Yeah. Starts from like about seven years old and works up to students in college. Now, you as somebody that has intimate familiarity with many of the items here in mm. the time periods, how do you find the kids who are in their teens reacting and relating to what they see? Yeah, now you, you would expect them to be kind of, you know, bored, but they're not a bit bored. Mm -hmm. They really do, like, they, they, they're interested. They just need to be someone to explain what the items are right. and what context they, they, they were in yeah. to, the, to the children. Once you explain that, then they're interested and they ask questions. And are there any particular items that um, you would say seem to attract more attention than others? Yes, yes. The items that make noise, they love that. We right. have like an old car horn downstairs and they're always at that. Right. <laughs> and um, we have a bugle downstairs as well. Um, but they love the stuffed animals. Right. The museum has stuffed animals dotted around it, yeah. and I actually tell them to go around and spot the stuffed animals, you know, taxidermy. Okay. Okay. So they love that as well. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And there's all little like things like, you know, foodstuffs and 
pictures and stuff that they like to watch as well. Now I heard that. one of your colleagues t- uh, telling a group uh, talking about the Celtic Tiger in that period and um, most of the school groups that would come in um, a lot of what was pre-Celtic Tiger would be total history to them. Yes, exactly. They would they total have, history. Yeah, they would have no yeah, concept Yeah, so we have to explain what reality. it was like before the Celtic Tiger. Yeah. Most of these kids are born during the Celtic Tiger, so they were used to being brought up with anything they want, really, basically. And then all of a sudden it goes bust, so they're actually in the middle of a bust kind of mentality yeah. now yeah. as well. So, so they would have known what, what it's like for the boom and what it's like for the bust. And do, do you get as a result of that um, any interesting questions relating particularly to what would be when we were looking at the ration books and stuff downstairs? They yeah, must, they, the they, that's very interesting to them. You know, they're going, why would we have rations? We weren't in the war. Right. So you'd explain to them why we had rations in the war. And oh my gosh, look at the gas mask. They love the gas mask. Right. Right. They're fascinated with the gas mask. Right. Right. Yeah, and the foodstuffs. You know, flour yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that. They love all the little yeah. bottles of things. Yeah. They're all looking at that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And yeah, so they're fascinated by that. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I'm looking here, I see a Dublin Opinion um, cover yeah. as we go into a room. So, um, what else then? We're up in this floor. There's a room in here. So, there's a room in here. It's called the Irish Times Room. And basically, it's a replica of the editor of the Irish Times, Bertie Smiley. Okay. So, it's his typewriter, his desk, his hat. Right. Um, because the Irish Times, as you know, is modernised now. So where were they going to put all the old stuff? Yeah. So we came by the old stuff. So we have it in there. When you mention that, I'm assuming most of what here has been donated. Everything in the museum is donated. Right. By the people of Dublin themselves, and that's yeah. what makes this people's museum. Yeah. You know, it's a people's museum made by the people for the people. Right. You know, so it's yeah. like a civic museum as well. Like it's. It's meant like to instigate civic pride. Yeah. So for a visitor, you're open during, um, let's say, I won't say the high season, but most of the year from, are you open seven We're days open a week? seven days a week, every right. single day. Yes, we are. Take a break in January yeah. so we can clean the place up a bit and make sure of conservation is done properly right and we're open pretty much all here what time what times so we'd open at half nine every morning okay there's guided tours on the hour Uh, they start at ten o'clock we close at five and the last guided tour is at four okay and then um, for admission well admission would be um, adults would be eight euros okay it's ten euros if you want to add a two euro donation and that's okay. to help us to get the building next door. Okay. That goes towards the funding for the and building how, next how door. And how is that coming along? Uh, it's coming along okay, quite well. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, if you'd like to talk about funding in more detail, um, I can get Sarah for you. Okay. I know, just a general, it's, it's yeah. good. So if, and then if somebody, well. if somebody wants to research before they come over and figure out where you are and have a look at a website. Yeah, we, we have, have a, a website, website yeah, Little Museum, www.littlemuseum.ie. And you're out there on Twitter? We're on Twitter as well, and we're on Facebook. Yeah? Yeah, we are. Right. And Instagram? And Instagram. You're good. So, yeah. you, so Little we're Museum. We're all over social so, media. So do a search for Little Museum of Dublin, and it'll give you a nice free flavour of what you're going to find when you come through the door. Yes, and also it's a great way, if you book online, which you can on our site, book online, you're guaranteed a spot because this time of year now, from now on, um, the place gets so busy that we're turning people away at the door. So if they book online, they're guaranteed a spot. How long would you recommend somebody spend in here? So if they they were scheduling their day and saying, well, I want to do A, B, C, and D, what would you say is reasonable? I would give them an hour and a half to two hours, that's average. 
people often spend longer here. The guided tour lasts for a half an hour, yeah. but the two other floors would take about half an hour to three quarters of an hour to visit as well. Okay. If you want to read all the information, yeah. or if you have an interest in a certain aspect of the museum, you might be there for a little longer. Right. You know. Right. So ideal, you know, if you're over on Grafton Street, because we're no more than about five minutes from Grafton that's Street. That's it. Yeah. Uh, just the top of Grafton Street, St Stephen's Green. Yeah. And that's towards the Gresham. Towards the Shelburne. Shelburne. Yeah. I get those two. The Gresham's on O'Connell that's Street. That's right. I get. Yeah, I got steel, and I got a twelve <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, head over and and. Uh, across from the Stevens Green so you can literally come spend some time here on the nice yes. day go and have a sandwich over people here people do they have their lunch over in Stevens Green and they have a look at the ducks that I yeah. talked about on my door uh, yeah. as well yeah excellent yeah. Well, thanks for coming you're welcome it's been fantastic you're welcome and really appreciate it and uh, hope you manage to get the funds to get the next building oh thank you very much we're trying our best <laughs>